Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great week and a great WWDC. We pull back across the lawn. Now the Apple logo silhouette illuminates from darkness. It bends and molds its outline radiating color. The Apple logo. <laughs> what, what in the literal f*** was that? Let's get into it. internet my name is dustin and this is the my home kit home podcast and here we look at the smart home with an apple home and accessibility focus this week was apple's worldwide developers conference where they typically show off all of the new fangled features that we should expect from their various operating systems later in the year while this year's event focused pretty heavily on the hardware side of things and we did get some pretty awesome new machines and there was something about some sort of vr something or other i'm not quite sure you came here for the smart home stuff and i hate to be the bearer of bad news but it looks like we're not going to be getting much this year at least for now but they did uncover a few new features that do pertain to the apple smart home and that may be telling of their future plans and we'll talk a little bit more about that later in the episode but first if you're enjoying these episodes may i humbly ask that you leave us a rating and review in your favorite podcast app I'm having a blast making these episodes, and I want to make sure that all of you can continue enjoying them as well. Let's start off with a quick little update on my experience with the Akara G4 video doorbell. In our last episode, I reported that connectivity seemed to be a little intermittent when it came to HomeKit, and thankfully it seems that this has worked itself out and everything seems to be much more stable in Apple Home. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but I'm thankful for it either way. Something I really wanted to try out with the G4 was really putting it through its paces and seeing how its battery life held up over time. So I turned on all motion detection, facial recognition, and set the camera to allow for streaming and recording both when home and away, and the results were pretty much what I expected. The batteries drained to 0% in about two and a half weeks. Though we didn't have a ton of visitors during this time, we do live on an avenue where the doorbell is at street level and there is a ton of vehicle and foot traffic. I will definitely be adjusting the setting to save on battery life going forward and may even consider finding some way to hardwire it, but it was an interesting little experiment. Overall, my experience with the Akara G4 has been mostly positive, and I'm really happy that we have another video doorbell that works in HomeKit and one that's battery-powered and that's pretty affordable to boot. Also, before I forget, as of the publishing of this episode, there are still a few days left to enter our giveaway to win an Akara G3 camera hub, which is probably my favorite HomeKit camera. I'll leave links in the show notes for everything you need to know on how to enter. Now, before we dive into the WWC stuff, let's go ahead and talk about a few other news bits that you might find slightly more exciting. First up is hot off the presses, and it's another product from Akara, their U100 Smart Deadbolt. This has been an extremely anticipated lock, and it seems that they have delivered yet again. To start with, there are a ton of ways to access this lock. Starting off on the more manual side, you can use a 6 to 10 digit pin code or you can use a fingerprint which is pretty rare for a HomeKit smart lock. You can also use a manual key but you won't. You can use a Karamade NFC cards or you can take advantage of NFC Plus and unlock it through Apple HomeKey with just a tap of your iPhone or Apple Watch. The lock connects over Bluetooth and Zigbee so no thread connectivity here but as long as you have an Apple Home Hub nearby you should be good. 
As has been the case with many of Akara's more recent devices, there's a lot to unpack with the U100, and some friends of the show got to go hands-on with it prior to its release, so I'll leave links to their reviews in the show notes. Where I'm living at the moment doesn't really allow for the installation of this particular type of lock, so I probably won't be getting one anytime soon, but if Akara's reputation says anything, I am sure that this is a solid buy, and coming in at just 190 bucks, it is significantly more affordable than and the other two home key locks that are available in the North American market. A car is also running a launch promotion for 15% off using a promo code, and I'll leave everything you need to know in the show notes. Next up is a company that you may not have heard of before, but you'll probably want to pay attention to. Holomark has released their Sakura lever lock, and the thing that I'm most excited about is that it connects to your smart home over thread. Simon from HomeKit News points out, although this lock does not support Apple HomeKey, it does take advantage of Manage Access, which allows you to manage all of your PIN codes right in Apple's Home app. But of course, there is more granular control of your PIN codes and access in the Holomark app. Aside from thread and managed access, something unique about this lock is that it is a latch lock which is typically used on interior doors as opposed to your smart deadbolts and mortise style locks that we're used to seeing in the Apple home world. Simon goes into more detail about this lock and I left a link to his article in the show notes but I'm pretty excited about it. I've already got one on the way and you can get yours too for just 79 bucks on Amazon. Links in the show notes. Continuing along the video doorbell and smart lock path, Level Home, known for their smart locks for people who don't like smart locks and more recently being bashed by the lock picking lawyer, have announced that they are planning to release a video doorbell for apartment buildings. Wes Davis of The Verge reports that this new doorbell is intended for multifamily complexes and seems to be part of a new platform specifically designed for residents of rental properties. While there isn't a ton of information on this new development from Level Home, I think it's fair to say that it will work within Apple Home, but only time will tell on this one. I left the link to Wes's full article in the show notes. Okay, so now on to WWDC. I honestly wasn't expecting much Apple Home talk at this year's event, what with that whole Vision Pro thing, but even after the initial developer beta and WWDC session dust has settled, I'm kind of disappointed at the lack of features that it seems will be coming to HomeKit in the fall. Now, this is not the end-all be-all of what we can potentially see for Apple Home updates in the coming year. Apple did surprise us with a bunch of new features in the iOS 16 update cycle like sound recognition on HomePod and Siri automation creation, so I'm still holding out hope. Especially with one of the biggest features coming to iOS 17 that HomeKit enthusiasts are likely to love. Standby mode is essentially a souped up version of nightstand mode found on the Apple Watch. It allows you to create a separate lock screen of sorts that's only present when your phone is charging and in landscape orientation. This new mode allows you to add custom widgets, including Apple Home widgets, effectively acting as an impromptu smart display. It's also apparently adaptive depending on your physical location within your home, so it will update with the different accessories in the room that you have it charging in. Unfortunately, at this point, it doesn't look like this feature is coming to iPad, but I actually think this is a bit of foreshadowing for a forthcoming iPad HomePod docking station. Standby mode for iPad just makes way too much sense for this not to be the ultimate plan. Mark my words, this is happening. Perhaps the coolest part of standby mode is that it takes advantage of another flagship feature of this year's announcements, and that's interactive widgets. 
we will no longer have to launch into a full app in order to control Apple Home accessories. I am, of course, excited about this, and others might say that it should have been here from the beginning, but Apple needed some time to figure out how to pull this off cleanly. I haven't been able to confirm this since I'm not running any of the betas yet, but I assume that these interactive widgets will apply to standby mode and your home and lock screen widgets. Another thing that people seem to be pretty divided over is the dropping of the word hey from our favorite voice assistant's wake phrase. Some say that it will cause more false activations, some say fewer, but the good news is that it does seem that Apple is going to give us the choice. I rarely have issues with false triggers, but then again, Spanish is the primary language of my household and all of my HomePods are set to English, so there's that. Something I am happy to see though is that we'll be able to issue follow-up commands without having to repeat the wake word. This is definitely a step in the right direction, but I would have liked to have seen the added ability to issue commands for different device types in the same breath. For example, turn off the lights and lock the doors. As a content creator, I'm interested, better, anxious to see how this will affect me having to do more editing. Probably the most exciting feature for me personally, and this says a lot about the lack of HomeKit features in iOS 17, is the addition of activity logs. From the beginning, we've needed to rely on third-party apps if we wanted to see a running log of when the door was open, when a security system was armed, or when the garage door was opened or closed, but now we'll have that ability in Apple's native Home app. Apparently, these activity logs will only apply to smart locks, garage doors, security systems, and contact sensors. I'm not really sure why Apple decided to leave out other sensor types, but they did. They're also limiting the activity logs to 30 days, which is a bummer, but I suppose understandable for storage reasons. But if you have iCloud+, Plus, I don't really see what the issue is. There are also a few UI updates coming to the Home app in iOS and even some tweaks to how HomeKit cameras are managed in tvOS, so it'll be interesting to jump into those once the betas are a bit more stable. I'm also really interested to see how this new Find My Apple TV remote feature works and how this wasn't something that was available before. In any event, I'll be keeping an eye out as the betas progress, and hell, maybe I'll even do a voiceover walkthrough of tvOS since so many of you enjoyed the iOS deep dive episode. Before I wrap up today's episode, I wanted to give you guys an update on projects to look forward to here on the podcast and on the YouTube channel and blog. I have at least 15 HomeKit devices in the pipeline that will be getting some sort of my HomeKit home treatment. This includes some gear from Acura, NanoLeaf, Onvis, SwitchBot, Hubitat, and I'm definitely forgetting some. I've only got so much time and I'm admittedly several months behind, but I'll get caught up sooner or later. I'm also going to be trying to focus more on accessibility in the smart home and I've got some really interesting ideas on that front, so definitely stay tuned. If there's anything in particular that you want to see, hit me up on social media at MyHomeKitHome and don't forget to check out the blog over at MyHomeKitHome.com for all sorts of Apple Home reviews, how-tos, and more. Again, don't forget to enter the giveaway to win that Acura G3 camera hub and you'll find links to everything in the show notes. If you're enjoying the podcast, share the love and let me know by leaving us a rating and review in your podcast app of choice. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you in the next one. Take care.